Well, well, welcome to Fountain Springs Church. I hope that you are ready for a message that I believe God set up for us. Uh, I want to welcome everybody. You may not know this. And so let's bring everybody on the same page. There is another Fountain Springs Church in the same area. We have actually one church in multiple locations. So I want to give a shout out, and we're all going to applaud for this. Fellas at RCMU, the, the Rapid City Minimum Unit, we're glad that you're in on this. This is awesome. Yeah. You are Fountain Springers just in a different location. So here's what we've been doing. If you have not been in on this, we've been uh, in a series. We do uh, the topics and, and that we talk about the Bible through with series because you and I don't have good attention spans. And so it helps us stay focused. And, uh, and we've been talking about what's trending in our lives, like what actually has been happening. And we've gone through things like, are you available to, to people and, and to God? Uh, are, do you have grit? Do you have, are you more trending this quitting attitude? We've been going through a lot of different things. Do you tell the truth? We're going to finish, though, I think, where we need to finish. We're gonna, it's a perfect cap. And so here's the question. Here's what I want to ask. Not, is this what is trending in your teenager's life or, or in your life, uh, as in your perfect life that's not really real, it's what you ideally think of. That It's not about someone else, it's you, it's you. So be thinking about you for a second. What's trending, gratitude or ingratitude? When you think about how often you show gratitude, what, communicate gratitude, I'm not talking about thinking. By the way, gratitude is not what you think. <laughs> a lot of times like, I am so thankful for it. Well, have you shared that, shown that, displayed that, given towards that? Many of us think we have gratitude, but we don't. That's why this is a tough sermon. If I, if I made you poll, if I literally said, I want you to text in if you think you show gratitude or ingratitude more, I think 99% was like, well, actually, I'm a very thankful person. I really appreciate what the firefighters do and, and, and what the military does for us. And well, my spouse doesn't really deserve it. So now there's that. And my kids are horrible. But, but the people that des- I show it, most of us are not super good. Or uh, that, that's safer, safer, safer here. I would say there's not a single one of us, not a single one of us, who shows gratitude as often as we should. I think every one of us can own that and say, okay, okay, I'll take that one, David. (laughs) But we have to have this conversation. We have to, because your level of gratitude that you trend directly impacts the relationships you have. We would all admit that and confess that. And I'm not even just talking about the relationships of the people that you see, but you and God. How grateful you are to God impacts every day. How grateful you are, though, for the people around you, the people that you work with, the people that you go to school with, the people that cut you off. <laughs> it's hard to be grateful all the time. And that's why I think I, most people do not really know a an honest opinion about how much gratitude they show. So I gotta bring this into a place of a conversation. I gotta help you and I emotionally connect to what ingratitude is, right? You gratitude, yeah, show thanks, speak thanks, and you're thinking, it's not Thanksgiving, David. Why are we having this sermon? Well, because we're technically supposed to show gratitude all year long. And so here's what I want you and I to have, this honest conversation. So I gotta press it in to where you and I understand. Listen, listen, listen. Ingratitude is greed. Let me help you a little bit more. The opposite of gratitude, I would contend, is greed. 
You're thinking, oh no, I came for the money talk. Of all the weekends to ever, no, no, listen, 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 listen. Greed is not about money, it's about your heart. I'm not gonna talk about money, I'm talking about greed. I'm talking about, are you a consumer? Does everything in life have to serve you before you can be thankful? That's why I tell you, I, I really believe that ingratitude is greed. It's this craving inside of you to not show thankfulness or not to even think thankfulness until you get fully all that you want and all that you crave. And so many of us wake up, spend the day, go to sleep, and it's been all about trying to get what we wanted, and we showed not a single ounce of gratitude because we were greedy all day, needing from, pulling from everybody, and not offering anything. If you don't know this, your Bible, the second part, the New Testament, wasn't originally written in English. I know, just let it set for a second. An American did not write the Bible. I know, just, I know, this is like some of you are going, I can't take anymore. No, the, your, your Bible, my Bible, the Bible, uh, the, the New Testament was written in Greek. You know, a lot of us go like, oh, I know, that's why it's so tough to understand. Because we, that's how we use that. Like, that's Greek to me. But, but there's a Greek word for greed. I knew you wanted to know what it was, so I brought it with me. Now, if you're wondering, should I write this down? I wouldn't if I were you. Epithumeo. Epithumeo. There, you're welcome for that. Now you can take that with you. Anytime you talk to your kids now, you're like, ooh, I see a little epithumeo in your hearts. <laughs> Here's why I tell you the Greek word that when you read that word greed in the Bible, in the New Testament, epithumeo, okay, okay. Epithemea is a different word. Same whole front part, the last part is ah instead of oh. So if you're studying Greek, if you're like me, and that's what, if you're studying Greek and you're looking at it, that means that these two words have similar meaning. The, the ah part, not the o oh part. The o oh part is about greed. You know what the ah word meant? Lust. In Greek, they're almost synonymous. They're almost exactly the same. Greed and lust. Now let me help you understand both of them. It is this desire and craving in you to want something that you do not have. To crave after and to seek after something that is not yours. Maybe you shouldn't even have it and we lust after it. We're greedy after it and we're seeking after it. And so that's the conversation you and I are about to have. Are you trending gratitude or ingratitude when I first asked you the question most of us were like gratitude and I'm so glad the person next to me is here because they need to hear this (laughs) but hopefully hopefully we're all on the same page hopefully every one of us now would admit maybe confess in a sense between us and God that you have a lot of times during a day that you are greedy trying to get only what you want and delaying or denying thankfulness to other people out of trying to consume and get what you want. Hopefully now we'll all have this conversation. We'll all not be blind. But frankly, I've never talked to anybody like, David, I, I just need to confess something to you. Well, what's that? I'm very, very greedy. No one's ever confessed. Actually, I'll tell you, no one's ever said that to me ever. 
You see how tough of a conversation this is? Because a lot of us aren't willing to go there. But if you're willing to go there, listen, listen, listen. Your relationships will reap a great reward. Your relationships with other people around you, uh, you and God, you guys can go to whole nother levels if, if you'll be willing to have a conversation that perhaps you're not as thankful as you ought to be. Perhaps you need to be more thankful, but even more than that, show more thankfulness. But every one of us would confess that uh, it's easy to move from gratitude to ingratitude. Let me, let me open up my life a little bit for you. I mean, I've seen this a lot. We'll go on vacation. I love to go on vacation, by the way. I've uh, tried to figure out how to do it every other month. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> but I love vacation. Most of, us, most of us love vacation, except for the type A workaholics. You're like, vacation? What is that word? I love vacation. We'll go on vacation a lot of times. We at least once a year like to go to the beach. We sit at the beach. It's awesome. But if you need to understand, when you've got three kids, going to the beach is a process. Because you've got to get those three children that you're legally liable for. It's more than that, but let's just go bare minimum there. That we got to get these three kids down to the beach. The sun's going to hit them, so we don't want them to be scorched. And we got to make sure that they're safe and everything goes well. And frankly, mom and dad want to sit at the edge of the water and let the water just hit our feet. It's going to be awesome. So we go down there. Everyone's all lotioned up, especially myself. I basically wear a full suit down there. Uh, so I go down. We're all sitting down there. The water's hitting the feet. It's absolutely amazing. We have a great great day at the beach. We go back up and we just relax. And then dad, me, starts to itch his ankles. Now, if you haven't been to the beach very often, you don't know what I'm talking about. But sometimes when you go to the beach, there's things called sand fleas. See, now many of us are like, I'm never going to the beach. Why would you go to the beach? There's fleas on the beach? Well, there appears to be that. I've done research because I wondered if I was losing my mind. And it's amazing how you can go from this blissful vacation, this is absolutely awesome, going, I'm never going to the beach again, that's a horrible place, because I'm itching everywhere, right? You can go from gratitude to ingratitude quickly. It's like being outside, maybe, maybe outside on a beautiful South Dakota day, where the wind isn't there. <laughs> and it's maybe 75, the sun is setting, you're outside maybe playing with the kids and watching them just enjoy life, you're enjoying life, everything is awesome, and you're like, Oh, honey, is this not the life to have? And then one of the kids hits the other kid, and it's screaming, and you, everyone's rushing inside. It's all ruined. You're like, this sucks. Like, why do we do this? Why do we go outside? Have you ever tried to do a picnic with kids? You understand what I'm saying. There's been times that I've gotten on my motorcycle. I'm like, I'm just going to go enjoy the hills, ride through the hills. Like, I love riding my motorcycle. It's blissful. It's awesome. I love to tell stories about it. And then a rock pops up under your eye and you're like, this is horrible. I'm never riding my bike again. This is the dumbest thing. I'm selling it now. It's over. So you and I have had these same conversations. You've had them. Where everything's great. Everything's great. Like, this is horrible now. And it switches. It switches immediately on us. We go from gratitude, you know, the day is awesome, it's awesome, but then something that you don't want to happen, happens, and can you maintain and trend gratitude through problems? If it doesn't go your way, does gratitude go out the window? Now, you have to see something. And now, I'm not condoning everything that he talks about or things like that, so it's a disclaimer. Remember that after you watch this. Uh, there's, a, there's a comedian, Louis C.K., uh, he did a bit a while ago now. It was hard to find a good quality, but you've got to hear his talk about us all of a sudden losing all gratitude. It's one of the most hilarious things I've heard. Some of you will be greatly offended. It's fine. We need extra seats. And so, so here's, what I, here's what I want you to do. 
With an open heart and an open mind, I want you to engage this conversation about gratitude and how quickly it goes out the window. Take a look at Louis C.K. break this down for us. Because when I read things like the foundations of capitalism are shattering, I'm like, maybe we need that. Maybe we need some time where we're walking around with a donkey with pots clanging on the sides. You, you think know? that would just bring us back to reality? Yeah, because everything is amazing right now and nobody's happy. Like, in my lifetime, the changes in the world have been incredible. When I was a kid, we had a rotary phone. We had a phone that you had to stand next to, and you had to dial it. Yes. You don't, you don't realize how primitive, you're making sparks <laughs> in a phone, and you actually would hate people with zeros in their numbers, because it was more, it was right. like, oh, this guy's got two zeros, screw that guy, why do I want to, yeah. And then if, if they called and you weren't home, the phone would just ring lonely by itself. And then if you wanted money, you had to go in the bank for when yes. it was open for like three hours. You had to stay in line, write yourself a check like an idiot. And then when you ran out of money, you'd just go, well, I can't do any more things now. <laughs> right. I can't do any more That's things. That's it, yeah. That was it. And even if you had a credit card, they, the guy would go, ugh, and he'd bring out this whole shunk shunk, and he'd write, yes. oh, cut, you'd have to call the president to see if you have any money. And it's all true, kids. Code. You had to call the president, yeah. It was ridiculous. Yes. Do you feel that we now, in the 21st century, we take technology for granted? Well, yeah, because now we live in an, in an amazing, amazing world, and it's wasted on the, on the crappiest generation of just spoiled idiots that don't care, because this is what people are like now. They got their phone, and they're like, ugh, it won't... Give it a second! Give, it's going to space. Can you give it a second to get back from space? Is the speed of light too slow for you? Yeah. Yeah. Flying is the worst one because people come back from flights and they tell you their story. And it's like a horror story. It's they act like their flight was like a cattle car in the 40s in Germany. That's yeah. how bad they make it sound. Right. They're like, it was the worst day of my life. First of all, we didn't board for 20 minutes. Right. And then we get on the plane and they made us sit there on the runway for 40 minutes, we had to sit there. Oh, really, what happened next? Did you fly through the air incredibly like a bird? Did you partake in the miracle of human flight, you non-contributing zero, that you got to fly? You're flying! It's amazing. Everybody on every plane should just constantly be going, oh my god, wow! Yes. You're flying. You're you're sitting in a chair in the sky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's right. Now. I think it's good. Every one of us is guilty of doing something similar. Where everything's great, but then everything changes in some way, and we let gratitude just go. It goes away. We think that it's not deserving or not merited or it's not time. And so we throw it out the window and it returns maybe during November and December. And then we go back to who we really are. So I'm going to ask again, what's trending in your soul? Gratitude or ingratitude? There's a story, of course, that I'm going to read to you in the Bible. And it just gives us a glimpse of, of how normal ingratitude actually, unfortunately, is. I'm going to read it to you. This is in Luke 17, if you want to look it up but you'll get to see it in front of you. Luke 17, and I'll just start with verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men, 10 men 
Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. If you're unfamiliar with leprosy and the details regarding it, you've never read the Bible and you're going, what, what, I don't understand. These folks, these lepers who had leprosy, these people, they, they could not be around other people. You couldn't touch people. You had to scream unclean, unclean, unclean as you walked through a city. You literally lost all social contact. So that's why when they ask him, Jesus, have pity on us. In other words, let us re-enter society, heal us, fix us, because we want our lives back. So a very profound moment for them to engage Jesus and to say, it's you, Jesus, that can fix our, our disease problem. Do something about it. So when, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, again, it's, it's wording from that culture. If you're not familiar, they got healed. Literally, like, Jesus, Jesus, have pity on us. So he says, go to church, is what he essentially said. So like, okay, we'll go to church. And so they turn around and start walking off, and all of a sudden, their leprosy, gone, cleansed. They're set up. I mean, I can't, some of you have walked through this. Can you imagine being in that moment where you, your life sentence is, has been set for you? You're going to die. This leprosy was incredibly painful. You would lose limbs. You lost all friends. It was, everything was taken from you. And then all of a sudden, in a split second, you say to a guy named Jesus, the son of God, hey, hey, have pity on us. He heals you. That is awesome. What would you have done? Well, this is a true story, by the way. Watch this. One of them, remember how many were, were there? How many, how many were there? There were 10. Okay, just helping us stay in the story here. <laughs> One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. There's a lot more detail in there. Basically, Samaritans were seen as less than human. Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed. We're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Great example of what's trending in gratitude or gratitude. For the things that God has done in your life, have you shown him spoken gratitude? How about for the things people around you that every single day are doing things? Many of us go, well, no, 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 I don't have people in my life that are doing things for me, and I'm wondering, has God forgotten about me? Many of us have thought that. And I would tell you, it's not that people don't do things for you or do great things for you. It's not that God has forgotten you, but oftentimes our ingratitude, this greediness blinds us from so much. But if you want to know the weight of this conversation, if you want to know the true weight of a conversation about gratitude that we thought was just a Thanksgiving sermon, if you want to know the weight, the Bible tells us the weight. This is actually the will of God for your life and mine. I'll read it to you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. Listen. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will. What? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That sounds like a combination of gratitude. In all circumstances, you're like, but all, like all my all circumstances. There's no disclaimer. You cannot jump down to the bottom of your Bible. And go like, did that really mean all? What's the Greek word for all now, David? Tell us what's all. You know what it means? It means all. Like it's all, all circumstances. If you want to know the weight of this conversation about gratitude, 
It's that God puts in front of you and I that his will for our lives is to show gratitude. See, many of us are like, what's God want me to do? What's God want me to do? Where does he want me to go? Show gratitude. That's a starting point, fulfilling the will of God. But gratitude is difficult. I've learned this as a parent <laughs> because I didn't learn it growing up about myself. As a parent, you see this. You watch yourself sacrifice on behalf of your kids. Grandparents, well, you don't sacrifice. You just load them up with stuff. Parents, listen. You know this, and, and understand, or, or friends, you know that you, have, you sacrifice. We sacrifice for people, and, and we, we literally do things or do not do things on behalf of another person, and then we often have these moments where they don't return any identification that they've even somewhat noticed what happened, and it frustrates you. In fact, if you want to, want to get personal, when it comes to a marriage that dissolves and breaks apart, if gratitude had been shown inside of that marriage, could it perhaps have stayed together? When parents and children are at odds, could perhaps gratitude have changed that situation? When you're a student and you're at school and you lose a friendship uh, within one class period, could gratitude have actually resolved that situation? Getting fired and having no relationship with your boss or your authority, if you look back now, could gratitude potentially, not guaranteed, but it, could it have affected that relationship in a better way? The weight of this conversation is this. The relationships you have in your life need you and I to trend gratitude. We've got to stop being so greedy Stop living our days trying to get from everybody else, wanting so much more from them versus for them. What if, what if we behave like Jesus? What if you and I woke up and said, today, I want more for people than from people. I today am gonna trend gratitude. I'm going to aggressively show gratitude. Now, again, like I said, some of you are so glad that your kid is sitting next to you and you're poking them, making sure they listen. But I want everyone to listen. I want every one of us to press into this idea that we need a couple of things coached into ourselves. So whether you're taking notes for someone else <laughs> or yourself, I've got a couple of things that you and I must coach into ourselves each day. When I say coach in, I hope you understand what I'm saying, is you're going to have to tell yourself these things on a regular basis. In fact, I have to tell myself every day. Because I'll just own it in front of you that there's days that I'm hoping the world serves me. You wake up in a mood, right? And, and you want people to acknowledge what you have accomplished to glorify, perhaps. Like, no, David, not glorify. Just simply nod their heads. And, and, and we begin to consume. Let's coach, let's coach some gratitude. So two, two key things. I'm going to read you the first one. Choose to remember. I, I, I purposely put the word choose because you're going to have to choose this. It's not, well, I didn't feel like it. Well, I don't really care if you felt like it. It's not a feeling, it's not an emotion, it's a choice. Choose each day to remember. Remember what? Remember the good in your life. You're gonna have to choose to remember because the devil's trying to dull it and block it from you. If you were to go way back into the Old Testament part of your Bible, way, way, way back to a part where great wisdom was being passed to a big mass group of people, I'm gonna read you a long passage of scripture. 
And in fact, I was like, should I read this long passage, passage of scripture? And then I was like, well, I am preaching and that's what we do. So you're gonna listen up. <laughs> Choose to remember. Here's where I get this from. Deuteronomy chapter eight. Listen up. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. See, some of you pray before the meal. What if you prayed after? Some of you are like, well, I wouldn't be able to eat then. It's, just, just be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness that the thirsty, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. We all hate snakes. Well, you better hate snakes. He, he brought you water out of the hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Just to give you a review, you may have tuned out, checked on Twitter or whatever, listen to this. I just did, here's a breakdown. Verse two said, remember. Verse five said, no. Verse 11 said, do not forget. Verse 14 said, you will forget. Verse 18 said, remember. Verse 19, if you forget. There seems to be a uniform attitude to choose to remember. You must choose to remember. And guess what? You will forget. So you're gonna have to re-choose to remember all that's been done for you. If you're unfamiliar about this with God, I don't know where you are in the spectrum of do you believe in God? Are you wondering his existence? But I'm going to gather this. We're sitting in the monks, a group of people who are pursuing to know who Jesus is. So, so listen, 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 listen. Let me tell you what God has done. He made you. I promise you he made you. You're going to have to either take my word for it or read the Bible. But someone made you incredibly awesome. <laughs> There's an old illustration that if you wonder if someone intelligent made you, you probably think someone intelligent made your TV. Someone intelligent probably made a watch or a cell phone that you use. How great is the human body in the world? God made you. But, but I would say even as awesome is he knew you would make mistakes in that life that he made you to have. He, he knew that you would not live perfectly. No amens, that's okay. He knew that you would not live Perfectly, you would make choices that you shouldn't make and that you would regret and that would separate you from him. And God knew you would do that and he still made you. That sounds good. But he didn't leave it that way. He sent Jesus. Do you understand how good that is? See, most of us, when someone hurts our feelings or does something that we do not like, we break them off, send them off, and say, forget you, we're done, that's unforgivable. God didn't do that to you and I. He's like, all right, you messed up, and some of us are like, whoa, you really messed up. 
He's like, but I got a plan. Even set this plan up before you even did that. I knew you were going to do it. Uh, so he sent Jesus. Jesus literally allowed his body to be beaten and broken and, and literally destroyed and was crucified on a cross. And he died. And he says, there, I've, I've, I've paid your debt for your imperfections, your sin. That's, that's good. See, these are things that you and I should wake up to and remember that although your day will not unfold the way you want to, perhaps you and I are gonna lose our jobs or perhaps our kids are gonna make choices they shouldn't or perhaps we're gonna lose a friend or perhaps someone's not gonna honor us the way they should. You're gonna live that day. Are you gonna forget what God has done for you? You must choose to remember. You must choose it. You know what? If you go back, way back in the Bible, they knew that they would forget. So you know what Moses, remember Moses? Moses is the guy who's like, hey, we're slaves. I'm taking you out of Egypt. We're going to do some pretty sweet things, and, and, and you're going to be free. You know what Moses told him? Hey, you're going to forget what God's done. You need to write it all over your houses. You need to like, put it up on the walls. He even got so crazy, like, hey, like, put it on your forehead somehow. It's crazy. He's like, you're going to forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Even Jesus. Go fast forward to Jesus. He's like, hey, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. You're going to forget. So I'm going to set up this awesome thing called communion for you to not forget. Some of us have not been shown or trending gratitude. Has it been simply because you've chosen to forget rather than choosing to remember? Don't miss this. And maybe you want to write this down. Here's the danger in all of this. When you forget what God has done, you get angry about what others don't do. That's why some of you are so focused on how bad life is. It's what others have not done. It's, it's the, how they've forgotten you or neglected you. And, and, and listen, it's, it's simply because you've forgotten what God's done for you. The power of remembering that you get grace is awesome. If you don't give grace to other people, <clears throat> You probably have not owned the grace God's given you. If you don't love other people the way you should, you probably have forgotten the love that God's given you. They're directly connected. The more forgiveness that you own from God, you know what happens is it leaks out of you, and you just show grace. Some of the most legalistic people I know, the people that when they see someone fall into sin, they say, oh, this changes the relationship. Oh, this is over. Oh, we've got to cut you off. Those are the people that I wonder, do they know what God has done for them? Choose to remember. And, and then quickly, last one. Choose to acknowledge. See, some of us like, I love this point because choose to remember. I remember, David. I remember stuff. Have you acknowledged what you remember? See, acknowledgement kind of amps it up. <laughs> Choose to acknowledge. You know what acknowledge means. Let me walk this even closer. It's to notice what happened. To, to say, I see it. And to be noticed is powerful. Do you remember the first time you weren't picked for the team on the playground? Some of you are like, I never experienced that. Do you remember the first time that she or he didn't choose you? Do you remember when you thought you were the best for the job and you didn't get chosen? We all know what it feels like to not be acknowledged for what we feel is true, and that hurts. See, acknowledgement is not just the memory that you've got rolling around in your head. It's when you actually choose to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this. I'm going to notice what happened. I'm going to acknowledge it. Are you trending gratitude or ingratitude? Choose to remember and choose to acknowledge it. 
I saw a story I wanted to share with you. So a, a woman who, who wanted to show gratitude. And when I say she, not just remember it, not think of it, and so she set up a project where she was going to make something for 100 people to show them gratitude. So I want you to give your attention to the screens and watch the power and significance of someone just acknowledging and noticing other people. Take a look. My biggest fear was that I would run out of creative ideas. What I learned from this project is that the creative ideas are endless. They're absolutely endless. So for the past year and a half, I have been painting and painting and painting my heart away in my studio. I've been making 100 paintings for 100 people that I am grateful for. And I decided to do this project because I want to live a life of gratitude. And I wanted it to be big. I wanted it to challenge me spiritually to really commit to gratitude. And I wanted it to challenge me artistically. That night when I had the idea, 100 thank yous, I thought, do I even know 100 people? <laughs> and I just started to write, one, mom, two, Jay. So I just went through the list like that. And surprisingly, I came up with 100 people. One of the paintings that I made was for my beautiful hairdresser, Jasmine. When I go into that salon, I look forward to it. I love getting my hair done. <laughs> because I feel like she welcomes me at the door with just pure love. And I just know I'm going to be loved and cared for when I go there. I feel differently about myself since I've started to see her. And I have this level of acceptance of myself that I know has changed just from the, the loving, genuine care that she gives me. I made a painting for uh, Tony, who is the auto mechanic where we live. I, I hated taking my car into a garage. Actually brought me a lot of anxiety. There's a very authentic feeling that you get from Tony that you just absolutely know you can trust him. And I don't have any problem at all taking my car in there by myself. And there's a, it's a garage full of guys. They're great. I never feel like he's adding anything on. In fact, I feel like he's looking out for us and trying to save us money. I feel like he's completely keeping us safe. I made a, a painting for three women. They're three artist friends of mine. And their artwork to me just was so beautiful. And I felt like they were really connected with what they were doing. They were at a place where I wanted to be. And just how kind they were to me and how they kind of included me in with them made me feel like I was a part of that, which I think really helped to lift me as an artist. So one of the paintings that I made was for Amy. I had never met her, but I knew of her story, which affected me so deeply. Her story about her daughter, Rosie, when her, um, when her baby passed and how she worked her way through grief. In an email, she said to me that she felt like she was the luckiest woman in the world, that she got to hold her baby and be with her during the time that she was alive, even though it was such a short period. On a personal level, I do, I do have experience with people passing because my father died when I was in high school. and. My family just really had a hard time handling it. And I remembered thinking, 
that there has to be another way we could view this. And so there was, there's something about Amy's story that she's able to find a place of gratitude in all that is one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. And it's changed for me the way I just see how we can accept our, our lives.